Like, sir, sir, my name is Casey. So glad you're here today. Turn to someone and say, it's going to be a great day. Well, super excited to be with you today, like I said. And you know, two weeks ago, I experienced something I haven't experienced in quite a long time. So if you live on the west side of Papillion, or excuse me, the east side of Papillion, where I live, oh my gosh. When you live on the east side of Papillion, you experience something, right? Six hours without power. Anybody, anybody experience that? Six hours, no lights, no power, no nothing. So I've experienced this before, but my son, who's five, has never experienced this before. So later on that Saturday, my, my son and wife go home. My son's flicking the lights on and off, and they're not turning on. He's like, okay, not, not a huge deal. But what happens is that he sits on the couch, and he's like, well, let's, let's at least watch TV. So one thing he doesn't know is that when the lights aren't working, we don't have power, the TV's not going to work either. So my wife had the very hard job of telling my son he can't watch TV. So my wife turns to him and says, hey, buddy, I'm sorry, we don't have lights, we don't have power, we can't watch TV. And he looks at her and says, well, that's dumb. What are we going to do now, right? We have a huge problem on our hands, right? No power, no lights. What are we going to do now? That wasn't even the biggest battle, the toughest part about not having electricity. So earlier in the day, me and my son were at a birthday party in Bellevue. After the birthday party, we had to go to a graduation party all the way across Omaha, in the way northwest part of Omaha. Not a big deal, right? I've done it before. I've driven that way before. But once again, no power, no lights. So we're driving on Giles, we're coming up to 72nd Street, and the, the, power, the, the traffic lights aren't even flashing. There's no lights at all. I am super thankful now when the lights are working. It was so stressful, it was crazy. Just to turn right onto 72nd Street took forever. I was on 72nd Street going to Harrison, about to turn left, but I had to text my friend because we're going to be super late. And just, you know, like I said, we're stuck in traffic. We're stopped. So I'm not texting and driving. I am completely stopped. All right? So I take my phone out. I send a text to my friend saying, hey, we're on our way, but we're going to be super late because the power is out and traffic is super backed up. <laughs> my, son, my, my friend texts me back. He says, that is the lamest excuse I have ever heard. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. Like, this is true. This is happening. So I, as you can see, once again, not driving, completely stopped. I take a picture of the traffic and the lights not working. This is my new nightmare. This is something I never want to experience again because it took us forever just to get to Harrison Street. I came to realize that as an individual, as a community, we need light. The power light, the traffic light's not working, caused chaos. It was, uh, just, I'm just sitting like, oh my gosh, who's going to go? Who's not going? Who's, who's going to go through the intersection? I was just waiting for an accident to happen. So once again, I was, I was reminded that as an individual, as a community, we need light. And if you're returning back to Meadows, I want to say, welcome back. If this is your first time, welcome home. We're so excited you're joining us. We're actually in a two-part series called Taste and See, where last week Pastor Monty talked about taste. Like being salt, we talk about passing the salt, and that's what it says. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew 5, verse 13 says this, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be, it'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot 
as worthless. So last week we talked about salt. Today we're talking about light. Taste and see that the Lord is good. So verse 14 says this, you are the light of the world. Say you. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So today we're talking about turning on the light. And maybe you're sitting there and you're wondering, who is this message for? Or why am I here today? This message is truly for anybody who has gone through a dark time, or maybe you are currently going through a dark time, and you are desperately in need of some light in your life. This message also is for anybody that's maybe seeking out your purpose. Like, you're asking, God, what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? Or maybe you feel alone or isolated. Well, this message is for you, because today we're talking about when you receive the light, you will be the light. That's our main point today. So when you receive the light... You will be the light. You see, it's all about receiving something and then being something. It's like a battery cannot put out what it does not have. You can't be the light without first receiving the light. So it's about this receiving and being. I don't know about you, but has anybody here ever received a gift not knowing that you needed it? A few people. I know I have received a gift and I, I had no clue I even needed it. So, so the gift for me was, actually, it was a wedding gift. And it's crazy that today is June 2nd. So it's actually our, me and Amanda, it's our seventh year wedding anniversary, right? She is amazing. I can't believe we've been married this long. She's put up with me for this long. It's truly amazing. But hey, this, just, if, if anybody here that is not married, here's some free advice. Don't forget your anniversary. Do not forget your anniversary. And for me, I needed a, a foolproof plan to prevent that from happening. So, so our wedding, June 2nd, 2012. June, in case you didn't know it, is the sixth month, right? Got married on the, the second day in 2012. So, so I'm reminded that six times two equals 12. So that's how I have a foolproof plan to hopefully... By the grace of God, never forget our wedding anniversary. So if you're about to get married or plan on getting married, figure something out. Please, it'll save you a lot of heartache. But back to the gift I received that we received on our wedding day. Like, it, like I knew how, how great they are, but I never had one before. I never had my own. It was a grill. Right? A grill. It changed my life. I'm not a good cook. I don't like cooking, but this grill, we still use it to this day. It's probably the only gift that we still have and that we still use from our wedding. So it was a gift that we received that I didn't even know I needed it, but it's a gift that's truly been changing. It changed my life because I can grill 24-7 any day of the week. I don't care if it's snowing or not or if it's nice out or not. I will grill. It saves on doing the dishes. It, it, you just grill it, take the meat, and eat it off the grill. It's amazing. It's life-changing. And maybe you're sitting there, you can think of maybe something that you received, but you really didn't think you needed it. There's a guy, a man, in Mark 5. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark 5. We're not going to be reading much out of the passage, but it may be something that you read when you get home. But Mark 5, just to set it up a little bit, Mark 5 talks about this man. 
It's a demon-possessed man. One translation says a man, uh, actually a madman. A madman, demon-possessed man. This man, you could say, was living in a dark place. He was probably going through a dark time as well. It says that he was living in the tombs. We could probably all agree that that's a fairly dark place to be living. It also says that chains could not restrain him. Think about that. First and foremost, that's pretty impressive that chains can't even, even restrain him. But a better question is, what in the world was this guy doing that he needed to be restrained, right? If you are ever in a place in your life that you're being restrained by your friends, you might be going through a dark time. This man, you could say, was going through a dark time. This might be a good place uh, to maybe throw on my Jeff Foxworthy bit. Um, If you're living in the tomb, living in the tombs, you might be going through a dark time. Would we agree? We could probably agree with that. If your friends have to restrain you by chaining you from your head to your toes, you might be going through a dark time. If you're wandering through the tombs while howling at the moon, you might be going through a dark time. This last one might get a little bit more personal. If you're cutting yourself with sharp stones, you might be going through a dark time. Those are all things that this demon possessed, this madman was experiencing. So it's safe to say he was truly going through a dark time in his life. And I, I'm here, and I could probably bet something that there's someone here that may be going through a dark time as well. So let's get a little bit more personal, right? Maybe, maybe if you can't sleep because you can't pay the bills, you might be going through a dark time. If you can't stop fighting with your spouse, you might be going through a dark time. If you can't stop looking at pornography, you might be going through a dark time. If you can't stop drinking or doing drugs, once again, you might be going through a dark time. If you've lost a loved one, you might be going through a dark time. If you feel alone, ashamed, guilty, unwanted, unloved, depressed, fill in the blank, you just may be going through a dark time, just like our madman in Mark 5. But the good news is that this man in Mark 5 encountered Jesus, that Jesus would show up in this man's life and he would receive a gift that he didn't even know he needed, right? It's just truly amazing what Jesus can do and will do. Because look what happens, Mark 5 verse 15, look what happens after this man interacts with Jesus, after this man encounters Jesus. So the crowd, they came up to Jesus and they saw the madman. They saw this demon-possessed man. He was sitting there wearing decent clothes and making sense. So Jesus does this truly amazing thing. He completely changes us, makes us do a 180. So we could probably assume that prior to meeting Jesus, this man is probably naked and not making any sense. But now he is fully clothed, clothed and making sense. He was no longer a walking madhouse of a man. This man encountered Jesus. Jesus completely changed him. He healed him from the inside out. But it's crazy to think about this. It's crazy to think that that this madman, it doesn't say anywhere that he was actually, he he didn't even cry out to Jesus to come save him, to come heal him. Like like I said, he received a gift that he didn't know he needed. He wasn't even asking for any help. But yet, 
Jesus came to him. And you need to know this. Someone needs to know this today. That Jesus has no problem coming into your darkness. He has no problem coming into your darkness. This man and us can come from darkness to light because we can meet the light of the world. Jesus doesn't care about the dark. He cares about you. He is not scared of the dark. He is a walking flashlight. That's what John 8 says, that he, I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus is not afraid of your darkness. He will come to you even if you never ask for it. He sees you in the dark and he'll be there for you. The key is that though we need to receive this light. The light will come to us, but will we receive it? So back to the man in Mark 5. So he encountered Jesus. His life was completely changed. He went from dark to light. He received the light. Now what? Great question. I have another question. So we talked about receiving a gift that we never didn't even know we needed. What, has anybody here ever received a gift and never used it? Right? I have. Right? Maybe, maybe your husband, you gave your wife a bowling ball. Don't do that either. That's some free advice. Like, what about a, maybe you gave someone a gym membership. They haven't touched that thing for the longest time, right? But I think we could all relate. And this one might hit home for everybody here. Who here has ever received a gift card and you never used it? There's a couple of hands. Someone said, I have. Everybody else here is a liar. Because the case is, and this blew me away, since 2005, $41 billion. $41 billion, not million, $41 billion have gone unused in gift cards. Think about that. That's crazy. Someone gives you this gift card, maybe it's a Target. Like, Amanda, you wouldn't get a gift card to Target. you use it in a heartbeat, right? But there's, it's amazing that these gift cards go unused. So we receive a gift, and we never use the gift. So back to Mark 5, our madman, our demon-possessed man who's been completely changed. Let's see what happens, what he does with this gift that he's received. Let's see if he actually uses it. So here we go, Mark 5. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the demon-delivered man, the, the changed man, begged to go along with Jesus. So picture this, Jesus is in the boat, the changed man wants to go with Jesus. Like, another important question here is, is that bad? Like, true or false? Wanting to go with Jesus, is that good? I, I think that's good. Like, I think we could all say that. True. Like, you know, why wouldn't you want to go with Jesus? That's not a bad thing. But here's the thing to know and to realize that there is going to be a time, if you are a follower of Jesus, that you will be with Jesus. That time is not now. Because you don't need to, to be with Jesus because when you're here, Jesus is with you. Right? So there'll be a time when we get to be with Jesus in heaven. But that time is not now because Jesus is in us. He's with us and he is for us while we're here on earth. And he has a purpose and a plan for us while we are here on earth. So Jesus says, hey, no, you're not coming with me in the boat. You're not going to come with me. Instead, go home. Go to your people. Tell them your story. Tell them what the master did. Tell them what the light of the world did for you. 
Tell them that Jesus came to you in your darkness. Tell them how Jesus healed you, how he restored you, how he had mercy on you. Go tell your story. Tell them what I did for you. The man went back and began to preach in his hometown about what Jesus had done for him, and he was the talk of the town. Because think about that. What did the town know this man for before? He was a demon-possessed man. He was the madman. He was the one that breaking out of the chains. He was the one that no one probably wanted to be around. He was the one completely covered in darkness that nobody would probably even go near. But now he's completely changed, completely different. I guarantee you the whole town was asking why. What happened? How has your life changed? What happened to you? And the madman, the changed man now, could tell him it was because of Jesus came into my darkness, came into my world, and I encountered the life of the light of the world, and I'm completely changed and transformed. So people could know the light of the world, and maybe their life could be changed as well. So the, the people are truly amazed by the change, and Jesus is saying to the man, you have received the light, now go be the light. Go tell your story. Tell the people what Jesus did for you. And I believe as followers of Christ, as believers, this is where we get in trouble. This is where we think once we give our life to Christ, once we receive the light, we're just going to sit in the pew and wait for Jesus to come get us. That's not what he's saying here. We have a purpose. Each and every one of us have a purpose. Once we receive the light, it is then for us to go and be the light, to go be Jesus to someone else that's hurting, that's struggling, to meet someone in their darkness and be their light. You know, you're looking at someone right now, I can barely, I can relate to the, the man in Mark 5. I can relate to the darkness he was living. All the decisions I made 10 years ago, I was not following Christ, and the decisions I made back then were dark decisions. Put me in a dark place. Drinking, partying, things that came out of my mouth, living with my, my girlfriend, my wife prior to being married. All these decisions I was making were not godly. We're not decisions to be in the light. But it wasn't until I gave my life to Christ that all of a sudden I started living differently. I gave my life to Christ. I was baptized. I started not being so selfish. I stopped being such, such a jerk and started actually being light to people. Started serving in kids' ministry. It's been seven years since I even drank. Six months prior to us getting married, I moved out. Because once again, I've been given such amazing gift of light that I want to be the light to the world as well. I want my life to shine brightly so that Jesus gets the glory, so people can know who he is and what he can do for each and every one of you. So I've been given this story, not only that, so that I ended up leaving my job at Wells Fargo to join and go work full-time in kids' ministry at a church in Sioux Falls. After that, I ended up moving from Sioux Falls to come to this place in Nebraska to start a new church called Meadows. Once again, I've received the light. Now I want to go be the light. Wherever God's calling me to go and do, I want to be obedient to that. Because once again, I've received the light. I want to go be the light wherever he calls me to. So, if we could go back here and talk a little bit more about receiving and being. I said that there's going to be a time when we get to go to heaven and be with Jesus. And I wish I had enough time to talk about all the amazing things we're going to do in heaven. It's going to be truly amazing, but I don't have that kind of time. Monty will kick me off the stage if I go over, okay? 
But here's the deal. There's something I can talk to you about. I have enough time to tell you the one thing we're not going to be able to do in heaven. There's, there's one thing that when you go to be with Jesus that you will not be able to do. You will not be able to tell your story to someone that doesn't know Jesus. When you get to heaven, you're going to be surrounded by people that already know the light, that have received the light. But while you are here on earth, he has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you to go be the light, to go share your story with someone who does not know it. So there's one thing that you will not be able to do when you get to heaven. That is to be the light to someone who is in darkness. Look what it says in Ephesians 5, verse 8 and 9. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So you are full of, you are full of darkness. You have now received the light. Now go be the light. So when we receive the light, we can go be the light. But once again, you can't do one without the other. So for today, maybe you're sitting there. You are going through a dark time. Let's talk about receiving right now. Whatever it is you're going through, whatever dark path you're on, there's something you need to receive, a gift that you may not know you even needed. I don't know about you, but I love going on road trips. I like driving on road trips, but the key is I like to drive in the dark when it's nighttime. There's three main reasons why. One of them, my son is sleeping, so he can't complain how long it's taking. The second reason, my wife is sleeping, so she can't complain about my driving, right? Who's with me there? The third thing is they're both sleeping so I can listen to whatever I want. It's amazing. So I love road trips. I love driving at night. But the problem with that is, you know, sometimes when I'm listening to something, I get really engaged in it. So I, I may lose track of where I'm going. And the, the worst part is when my wife is sleeping, it's another problem because I'm not the best with directions. Like, I'm not the best at getting somewhere. Like, my wife is amazing. She knows how to get everywhere, and she tells me where to go, and it's, it's truly amazing. When I don't listen to her, I get lost. So I need her to direct me. But the good news is, is when you are driving on the interstate, at every off-ramp, there's bright lights. There is a light showing you the exit, right? Every off-ramp, there is a light. Today, someone here You've been driving down this dark road. You've been full of darkness, filled with darkness, whatever it may be. And today, you're going to see the light, the exit ramp, and you're going to give your life to Christ. You're going to receive the gift of his light today. He is giving you a path to leave what you were doing, to start living the life for him. So take the exit today, because this is, this is the message of Jesus. This is the good news of Jesus, that he would leave probably the brightest place, the lightest place in the world, heaven with his Father, he would come down, because God so loved the world, he would come down to earth, a dark place, to be light for us. So he would come to earth, he would live a life that we cannot and could not live, he would go to a cross, a very dark moment, depends on who you are, he would go to the cross, he would die for each and every one of us, he would go to the tomb, another dark place. But the amazing thing is, three days later, he would raise from the dead. 
and he would ascend into heaven. That is the good news of Jesus. And if, if you're out there and you've never received this light, you never received the good news of Jesus, that is what you're going to do today. You're going to take the off-ramp. You're going to live a life. You're going to receive the life that he has for you. You're going to leave your darkness and go be the light and receive the light. So that's receiving. Now what about being? I guarantee you there's someone here. This is me for a lot of my life as well. You received the light, but back in the Matthew 5 passage, you had a basket over your light so no one could see it. That basket could be many things, right? Guilt, shame, whatever it may be, you have a basket covering your light. And today, that basket is coming off. You are going to be the light. You're going to let your light shine because there is someone out there in the community that needs to hear your story. There is someone out there that's living in darkness that probably has gone through the very same thing you have gone through and they need to hear your story and how Jesus changed you. So today, you're going to be taking off your basket and you're going to go be light for someone. It's amazing. Two year, almost two years ago, Meadows Church started. And it's truly amazing what God's been doing in people and through people. But there's something I need to share with you, a story that's, um, that's truly amazing. So when Meadows started, a family started coming, and this family's been completely changed and transformed by Jesus. And they would tell you that as well. The lady of the family, the, the, the mother, the wife of the family, would say for the longest time, up until this last Easter, her light was covered by a basket. She was uncomfortable talking about the light and talking about Jesus, talking about her faith. It wasn't until we had this Easter egg extravaganza that she would invite her neighbors. They end up coming to this Easter egg extravaganza. The craziest thing is they loved it, they enjoyed it, they end up coming to church. Another crazy story is that they actually gave their life to Christ and we celebrate that, right? But not only that, they end up getting baptized. We celebrate that as well. So they got baptized. They end up actually starts wanting to serve in church. So their lives have been completely changed and transformed. All because this lady took the basket off her light. The story doesn't end there. This last week, same girl, same lady starts talking to her friend. Her friend brings another friend to church last weekend. Both of them recommit their life to Christ. Like, once again, we, we celebrate that because it's truly amazing. That would have never have happened. That would have never happened if this lady wouldn't have, gave, wouldn't have taken the basket off her light. Her, the crazy thing is that the friend, have, they have kids. The kids went to her kids' ministry. The kids loved it. They, they can't wait to come back. So it's just truly amazing what happens when we receive the light. We go be the light that, that someone else can also then receive the light. It's just truly amazing what can happen. And that's what we're called to do, to receive the light and then to go and be the light. And that's why we're here. And that's why Meadows Church is we do things like the Papillion Days. It's a great event. It's a fun event. Do I have better things to do with my time? Absolutely. But I know if I go there, even if I just meet one person, it'd be so worth my time. So I can tell them my story. So I can tell them how my life has been changed. So I would encourage you, like Monty said, there's a sign-up sheet outside those doors. Be a part of it. It's not just an event. It's a moment that you can be a part of life change. Jesus wants to use you to do something amazing in someone else.
So sign up for that. That's why we have invite cards on your chair. Not so we get more people to come to Meadows Church. Because we believe that invite card can start a conversation. That conversation can lead you to share your story and what Jesus has done in you and through you. And you have no idea what God's going to do through that. So be inviting, be engaging with people, be intentional about that. So as we wrap up our time here today, in my very white voice, I'm going to have you guys go ahead and lower the lights down real low. That was bad. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. But during this whole time, as I'm giving the message, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a basket up here. This whole time, my flashlight has been on. The light has been on. You probably didn't notice it. The basket was covering it. So when, when someone receives the light, you can be the light. And it's amazing how one light can shed some light in a dark place. But what happens when someone that receives the light then chooses to go out and be the light? What if, what if everybody in this room, you took out your phone and turned on your flashlight? Go ahead and do that if you would. Once again, if you look around, it's truly amazing what happens when not just one person receives the light, but when many people receive the light and you start being the light, that, that all of a sudden a dark place, a dark community, a dark home is all of a sudden filled with light. But that's not going to happen if you don't first receive the light, if you don't be the light. So imagine this. If we, as believers and followers of Christ, would take the light that we've been given, take the light into our community, imagine how bright this place could be. Imagine how bright our homes could be. Imagine how bright this community will be if we truly do what Jesus has called us to do. That there will be a time that you get to go home and be with Jesus. That time is not now. The time now is to go and be the light to someone that's hurting, someone that's struggling, that someone that is going through a, a dark time needs you to enter into their life so you can share your story and who knows what Jesus is going to do in that moment. You can go ahead and put your lights down. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Jesus, I have no idea what's going on in people's lives today. I know more often than not, I've experienced many dark times, many dark moments, and I need your light today. I just know there's someone here, there's people here that have felt alone, been struggling, hurting, feel like there's no way out. God, I just pray that they know that they are so loved that while they're in their darkness, you would still go to them. You would show up in their life, even if they don't even cry out for you, even if they didn't even know they needed you. That I pray that today you show up in their life, they give their life to you, and they receive the light today for the very first time. And God, I just pray also for all of us who claim to be followers of Jesus, who claim to know you, to receive you, that we will take the basket off, that wherever it is that hinder us to talk about our story, to talk about you, 
wherever that may be, whether it's guilt, shame, our past, whatever it is, that we remove that, those things and that our light shines brightly because our story matters. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We need Jesus in our life and so do the people in our community. So God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.